Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV on a Balls Wednesday. Hope this finds you doing well. Appreciate you tuning in. How we doing out there? Everybody all right? All right. Everybody doing okay? Deep breaths. We'll be okay. It's almost here now. You're, uh, the, the, the loneliness, the, the longing, the yearning of uh, football is soon to be over. Actually, what ends up happening, you ever notice, when football season starts, we've spent so much time awaiting it and, and hoping that it would, you know, somehow the days would just move by rather swiftly. And when it appears to be so far off in the distance and the days get longer and it's so freaking hot and you're just like, it's never, we're never going to get here. How am I? Then all of a sudden, once it's upon you, oddly, it's very sudden. It's like when old people pass away. It's very strange. Like, you know, by definition, that old people, just because they're old, are going to die. But when they actually do, you're like, oh, God, that just, I just didn't expect that. You know, football, you can see it. It's off in the distance. You're like, oh, it's going to be forever. And then you're like, oh, football's almost here. But then when it actually happens, you're like, oh, it's very sudden. Every day is filled with football. It's overwhelming. Yeah, that's a positive example. You know, the old people part is <laughs> I'm just saying, that's, uh, that's a little tough. I'm just saying, like, you know mentally you're prepared, but then it happens. You're like, oh, what? Like, Charlie Watts died yesterday. I didn't get a chance to, to mention that, you know, big music guy. And I always mention when, uh, when the elite musicians or just people that I loved uh, pass away. Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones, a classy drummer, if you will. Just a classy drummer. That's right. You love the elites, don't you? I, <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie, I'll bet you do. Charlie Watts died yesterday, and and I saw that, and we didn't mention it because we were talking on some of the headlines about other stuff. But you know, kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, Charlie Watts is dead. But then I did some thinking. Charlie's 80, which is really like being 110 if you're in the Rolling Stones, easily. You know, I mean, even if you're not Keith Richards, you partook in some good times if you were in the Rolling Stones, like on the regular, like a random Tuesday for no reason. There were a lot of those. Because you could. You had access, if you would. And so Maybe the good times added stuff to his life. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe Billy Joel was wrong. I don't know, man. I feel like don't die. I think the offsetting of those good days and the fulfilling life that you lead when you get to do what it is you love, that's true. You're right. That could add years. Uh but when that's mixed with excessive amounts of cocaine, I'm not real sure that it works. I think that at some point it offsets there. Uh I bring this up. Because you loved him, but I sensed early on that a certain coach in New England didn't. Because after year one, they used him less and less, and now it's not surprising to see that the Rams have gone out and gotten Sony Michelle. Yeah, it is really strange how he fell out of favor after one good year in New England. He's just been kind of there ever since. They just never fell back on him. They never believed in him, which is odd. 
It is. Well, that's the way that Bill is with his running backs in general. He's really picky and, and finicky. Like, even James White, who was the ultimate safety net for Tom Brady for years and was thought to be maybe coming to Tampa this offseason, they got Gio Bernard instead. But, like, even he would fall out of favor. And it's like, why? He could catch 110 passes a year just from the flares that, that Brady's going to throw. Why would he fall out of favor? And that's the way Belichick has always been. And for the Rams part of things, obviously Cam Akers got hurt, which really sucks for them. As good as a Bucks fan, but as a Noel, you don't want to see that ever. No. Uh, and Georgia's uh, running back coach, that new Sony Michelle, is now on the Rams staff. So there is a, a connection there. I'm sure there was a vouching for Sony Michelle before the trade was executed, but it really wasn't that costly for the Rams to go get him. No. It, it could get up to a fourth if certain plateaus are hit, but it's like a fifth and a sixth currently as it stands. Yeah, fifth and a sixth uh, currently, you're right. And there are, it could be as high as a fourth round draft pick. Yes, depending on. Uh, those certain, I guess, markers that they yeah, have benchmarks of production yeah, yeah. touches or whatever. Um, yeah, compensatory compensatory pick. Uh, they're expecting from free agent losses this offseason. That selection will head to New England instead. Anyhow, look, that's because Daryl Henderson suffered a, a thumb sprain, and of course, Cam Akers, as you just noted, is out for the year with a uh, torn uh, Achilles. Unfortunately, he was no doubt on the cusp of a big season in Los Angeles. I feel terrible for Cam Akers. I do know with his work ethic, if a guy can come back and look close to normal a season from now, it would likely be Cam Akers because he is a tireless worker, but that is a toughie. Uh, I hate to see it. That does feel like they'll get the most out of him. Clearly, uh, meaning Sonny Michel, look, the Rams didn't make the moves they did in the offseason to fool around and play for two and three years down the road. They're making a go of it now. And they're the team that, because of that defense, I worry most about now that they're competent, more than competent at quarterback. I feel like this could be a real good Rams team. We shall see. Uh, Ryan wants to know whether or not I've designated, and many of you have asked this today, uh, a Cat 5 maintained for FSU Notre Dame. I have not come to a conclusion on that. Even at this late date, much like our quarterback situation, I continue to pontificate. Uh, internally, though, out. internally, will you make <laughs> will you make a decision? Will you have it for the yeah. staff? Internally, to know? I'll, I'll let yeah, I'll, I'll make a decision. Um, I, I will say that it doesn't. As we sit here today, it doesn't feel like it should be, and I don't know. Oh no! Hold on a second. It's Waffle City. No, I just don't know if it's because. If it's because it's a Sunday night game, I don't know if it's because we won three games last year, and I don't know how excited we should be to be playing Notre Dame in this first game, other than, hey, it's the return of football, we're at home at night, you know, that's all great, top ten team coming in. The Sunday night angle is an interesting one, because, you know, if you come to Tallahassee and you come to Libations Fest on Saturday the 4th of oh, September at 2 o'clock, and Look you have you. yourself a time with the doubleheader that is Alabama-Miami followed by Clemson and Georgia and a heavyweight bout kicking off after 8 p.m., then maybe you're already more apt to be more responsible on Sunday maybe you're maintaining because you had a, a big time. You had a big time on Saturday. That's what happens at the CP. Let's remind everybody, Saturday is, in fact, uh, the Libations Friday Fest only on a Saturday because the game is on a Sunday. Uh, and it will be a lot of fun. It's the 10th annual Jeff Cameron Show Libations Friday Fest uh, with our friends at Garnet and Gold and, of course, my Boys here at Real Talk Radio 93.3 and my employers as well at War Chant and, of course, our dear friends at Corner Pocket sponsoring. I mean, it's a big time. It's it's a big to-do. 
Those Garnet and Gold shirts are going to look great, buddy. I'm pumped about those, and we'll give those, what, 200 of them, I think is what we're giving That's out? That's correct. Yeah. So you get T-shirts and koozies to the first 200 in attendance. We'll have a raffle drawing at halftime of the Miami-Alabama game. That's basically us sitting back after the initial fun that, you know, hey, good to see you again, good to be back. Come on in, let's watch the game and, and all that good stuff. But that's just sort of a watch party at that point once the, once the game kicks off. But at halftime, we'll do it. We'll go ahead and do the raffle. Well, the, the raffle will be headlined by the final prize, the grand prize from our friends at Zaxby's. 50-yard line seats That's to correct. Florida State Notre Dame. Forget about it. Somebody's walking out of Libations Friday Fest with a pair of tickets on the 50 for Florida State Notre Dame. 50-yard line, about 30 rows up. It's what perfect. are we doing You can here? see the entire field from the best vantage point in the house. So if you don't have tickets, we do. Sorry, you're going to pimp Zaxby's. I was. Uh, there and, you go. You got the mention. Yeah. No, we do appreciate that immensely. Uh, but I would I would tell you that can you imagine you go to this thing you're you're there to celebrate the return of football and the fact that we're back on the airwaves and and war chant and everybody else all that good stuff and then you walk out with fifty yard line tickets to that game. The cool thing for later down the line is, of course, that's the grand prize for Libations Fest. But we're gonna have some contesting because Zaxby's has season tickets at that particular spot. So every single home game, uh, we will and our friends at War Chant all together because that's who we are, right? Mm-hmm. We're a multimedia network. We are. We're gonna put together a contest so that every game, two fans. You know, it's one person who wins, but you take a friend of yours, your dad, whoever, get those fifty-yard line seats for all seven home games this season. Thanks to Zaxby's for that. Man, that's good stuff. You got any feel for week zero? Are you excited about week zero? Yeah, my feel is that you really are excited for the UCLA-Hawaii game. You've mentioned UCLA a few times across different topics. You found a way to get to it. Yeah, but I'm not going to bet the 17. I'm not doing all that. By the way, you know what the total is on that game? Uh, 74. 79 and a half. All right, I'm getting there. Nearly 80 points. I'm getting there. Somebody going to get a stop? Anybody going to get a stop? I'm more inclined, I think, to look at the Nebraska-Illinois game. And I, I can say this. I want to circle back here. Obviously, our game, we're hyper-focused on our game on September the 5th. We're excited about that, and, and I, I, I really am. Because I don't know. There is a big part of me that is, is a little unsure of what we're going to see in that game against Notre Dame. You know, we've talked about every angle there is whether or not Florida State has the requisite talent to win this game. Did Notre Dame lose too much, including uh, Ian Book and, and, and trying now to move on with, with Jack Cohn, who doesn't look like much of a player at quarterback, uh, who I, I, that's, I'm contractually obligated to say that now that I've mentioned it repeatedly. Uh, but w- whatever it might be, does Florida State bridge the gap from where they were a year ago on the defensive line, allowing Notre Dame to run at will humiliatingly so, and and create a game now where you can get them into third and five? Can you get them into third and four? Can it not be so obvious after one run that the chains are moving, right? All Who's that quarterback for Florida State? Do the young receivers emerge? Uh, what are you able to get going on offense? How What kind of a, a step forward has this offensive line taken? Or maybe they're still not where they need to be. All, we have a lot of questions, right? But I think Almost chief amongst them is, again, what does this team do when they face adversity? That, I mean, the physical stuff we talk about all the time, I'm bringing up the mental aspect of the game right now. And that's what I don't know 
the answer to. I think I have a reasonable guess as to where they're going to be physically. The areas of strength, areas that I think may be weaknesses for them. Now, I'm hoping they prove me wrong in some of those areas, and I'll wait. But my initial assessment is I think I have a pretty good feel for the areas where they're physically not where they need to be just yet to win a game like this or like the games on their schedule where they're significant underdogs, whether that be Florida or Miami or Clemson or North Carolina on the road, whatever it might be. But what I don't know, and none of us really can know, and I'm not sure they know, what are you mentally? Are you tough yet? Has, has this offseason, a normal offseason, where you're able to go through hell together and forge those bonds, come together in all of those moments of doubt and exhaustion and the efforts that you've put in in both the weight room and on the field, but also the conversations, your coaches, and, and you know all the people involved in that program have had with you to get you to a place where you're going to continue to fight, where when things go wrong, because they will, it's football, the other team's on scholarship too, and in this case, they're heavily favored to beat you. So they're going to make plays. How do we respond? I think more than anything else, that's what I'm excited about. I, I, excited to see. And I really hope that even if, if, and it's an if, they could win the game, if they lose it, though, even if they lose it, do we see a little grit? Do we see some toughness from this team? Whenever I talk about it, and I know this is perceived as somewhat of a negative, and you know the idea that you just introduce it in and of itself is, um, you know, in some ways uh, displeasing. But whenever I think about the things that I've disliked the most beyond the lopsided losses and the frustration during those games, I think it's the the hanging of the head the second, the wilting the second anything goes wrong. This team will wilt and pout and point fingers. There will be drives, not games, but there will be drives where the effort's not where it needs to be. That that is as disconcerting and deflating as the losses themselves is to to watch a team, to invest in a team, to love a team, to care deeply about a team that doesn't care as much as you do and doesn't care to fight. That is that's way worse than the losses themselves. I can watch teams that are scrappy, that fight, that bond together, that you know perhaps get more out of them than they should because. The sum of their parts, you know, that whole thing where they they did the emotional belief in one another and the refusal to die. That team, I'll watch go six and six, and I'll do it every Saturday, hoping with every fiber of my being that they get a few lucky breaks and pull an upset because they've earned it. They they've warranted that sort of support because they never give up on a game. They're down fourteen, they're still fighting. Look at these guys out here trying to make plays. You know. Almost like the play you saw Emmett Rice make at the end of the Notre Dame game a year ago, right? That kind of fight. And I don't know that because I think that's the last hurdle. Like, you can get a buy-in from a group of kids into what their coaches are selling. You know, they can say, okay, I see it. I see their vision. I believe in in what they believe in, and I think they're right. That this, if we do things the right way, and if we bond together, and we put in the effort, we put in the work. We're doing the work. If we do that... Ultimately, it will pay off. Maybe not, you know, the kind of season that we're hoping. Everybody wants a 12-0 and season. But we'll see real signs that this is going in the right direction, right? You can get players to believe that. And 
June and July and August on the practice field, but you get out there in a game, and for whatever reason, something goes south. Notre Dame, you know, pick six. Next thing you know, it's seven nothing. You go three and out, kick it. They come down the field, scores fourteen to nothing. What are you then? What are you then? Are you still of the belief that we can do this? We're down fourteen to nothing. We haven't had a thing go right for us in freaking years. Are we still going to fight because there's three quarters still to play? And who knows where this thing goes? Play the next play? Or are we going to be that team that begins to point fingers and says, here we go again? That is what I can't wait to see. That's the most important question of the year. They can't know the answer either. The coaches the coaches can't know until they're put in that no, situation. No. Hopefully we're not in that situation, but in all likelihood we will be. Well, there's going to be a situation a at some point early yeah. in the year where you're up against it. Right. I will say, though, just from the observations of watching practice, you know, it, it was a poster, I think, or the media guy the first year, which is watch us work. You know, that was kind of the slogan for Mike Norvell. It's a pleasure to do so. It's a pleasure to watch those practices. Yeah. E- even last Friday, which was full pads, and again, it went from Monday all the way through Sunday. Every day last week, they did something together. It was a practice of some kind or a scrimmage is how it culminated on Sunday night. They powered through. You could tell they were tired. And I asked, because I wasn't there the previous couple days, I asked Ira, I said, is it, is it a little quiet between each rep today? He goes, yeah, a little bit. It's because they were fighting through it. They were pushing through it. But it wasn't, there wasn't a lack of focus when it was their time in a rep. They were fighting through the bumps and the bruises. I, I really believe, and I think also, this strength program, having the continuity of the offseason, it, it builds that toughness in your mindset to be consistent more often. Again, it doesn't mean eight wins is going to happen. But I do think the foundation for being able to handle the adversity has been more than forged. At that point, it just comes to the kids. They've got to make a decision. Are you going to be about the previous cultures, plural cultures, or are you going to be about this culture? It depends on who owns the locker room. But the work is being put in. That's unequivocally true. And that's not sunshine because they want to hear it. That's just the truth no, from what I've seen. Hard. They're working I, their asses yeah, off every day. I don't think there's any doubt they're working hard. No, that hasn't always been the case either in recent seasons. No, I know. They're working hard. But I, but I don't think working hard in practice equates necessarily to having the mental fortitude to deal with the adversity I'm talking about. I, I think that's a buy-in and a vision. I think that's a buy-in in that you like your coach because they've proven to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're invested and prepared, and they show up each and every day with great consistency of message and effort. I believe that those kids believe in this staff. Now, you'd like to believe that that, in turn, leads to the kind of dog in them that we were talking about, where you fight and you fight. But I don't know if it does until we get down. Now, hopefully we don't. Hopefully we don't. Maybe we're up 21 to nothing and it never comes into play. But... I'm a realist, and i got to believe that they are, again, as a heavy underdog, going to face that that moment of doubt, and how do you respond to it? I mean, it's look, Notre Dame's going to make a few plays. That, that, they're a well-coached team with, with talent. There's continuity there. I know they made changes at the defensive coordinator spot. I got you. But I'm just telling you, I think that's what I want to see more than anything else. Because if it's there, your chances of making a bowl and winning those games we've all kind of circled as winnable games increases greatly no matter what the hell happens on a Sunday night. I think the last three years, if you did a head count, right, just be us outside the program with uh, our ears to the ground of who's bought in and who's not, it'd be 50-50, maybe 50-50. Oh, back 50, oh, yeah, the last few years, yeah. last few years. I think they've run off most of those guys who would be an issue. Now, there may be some adversity for the younger players where they're seeing stars, right? Because sure. the game's moving so fast and they're overwhelmed and, and maybe they need to sit down for a series. Like That could happen, 100%.
But I think if you were doing bean counting of guys on the roster who are prepared, who are bought in, who believe in this program, I think it's it's yeah, nine yeah. ten at minimum. They run off a lot of the guys who could create problems, or they just moved on to the next level. Whatever it is, the attrition has happened. I don't know that everybody is in lockstep. You can't get a hundred people in a room to agree on anything. So there's always that caveat. But I think if you look at people who are bought in, whether or not they have intent in their eyes day to day, this is not the last few years in that regard. I, doesn't mean they're more talented. But they're no, more right. bought in. Yeah, well, I think they're more bought in. And where it will really show, I, I think that you can, more than anything else, where you really have to have a lot of want to, you got to move. Playing good defense, just like in basketball, playing good defense is an awful lot about want to once you understand what your keys are. You know, now, I thought last year everybody was completely confused and there were a lot of reasons for that and we talked about it and they never looked coordinated. There were a lot of things about last year that just weren't normal. It was a weird, strange season. And I don't know that you can base anything off that. But the mentality and the, and the attitude and, and the toughness, the resiliency. Man, in defense, there, there's an awful lot of sacrifice that is involved in defense and there's an awful lot of want to in defense. So when I'm talking about adversity and overcoming it and showing the willingness and the toughness to, uh, to push through – and, and show me that you're willing to fight for four quarters, I think it usually shows up most notably on defense because, obviously, defensively you're attacking. That's where I'm fascinated as well. Yeah. Because from what I've seen in practice, guys are willing to take on a block to allow somebody else to make to a make play. To make a play, you have to. But if adversity strikes, you're right. Do you freelance at that point because you go AWOL? It was time and again a whole bunch of kids deciding, yeah, man, I'm going I'm, I'm to worry about me. I'm going to worry about me. And, and that was unfortunate. That's, it's, it's also impossible to watch. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply every time i hear this song i think of leonard hamilton because uh, I played this as bumper one time when uh, Coach was about to come on to be interviewed, and he's always uh, gracious enough to come on and be interviewed on the regular as Coach Hamilton. And uh, we played that, and he said, oh, here we go, Jeff. He was pleased. Now, we and I have similar musical tastes, and we've had conversations about this, at least in some arenas, uh, over the years. But uh, I've always uh, – it makes me smile because he was very pleased when we did that. The season starts in earnest in under three months. Non-conference slate begins in early November, and uh, you still have to get to his house. I, I don't want him being mad again this year that you have not been by the house to watch some of his uh, videos that he's procured of live performances over the decades. Yeah, and in some cases, I'm sure illegally so, uh, and I and I celebrate him for that. Nobody I mean, said anything about that. No, but, well, we're just talking about bootlegs. It's not like he illegally filmed shows, but he just like the rest of us had access to the internet. People said, oh, I've got a live Sam Cooke from 19, 
57 or something. Like, you're like, oh, well, that's amazing. I think I'll buy it. Did he make it to 57? 1957? Yeah, yeah. He did? Okay. Um, but, yeah, the point would be uh, he has those videos that he's asked me to watch. And I, you're right, I have not. Uh, and one of these days I will. I can't, you know, it's funny you bring that up when you talk about the, <laughs> when you when you talk about how close the basketball season is. I'm like, Tom, don't do it. Sam Cooke made it to 1964 yeah. for those uh, looking for facts. I was going to say 63, but there you okay. go. All right, nice. Yeah, that was pretty close. Uh, by the way, yeah, so I can't even think about basketball right now. It's not anywhere on my radar at all. It will be. Basketball. But it's not. Did that help? No. No? No, that just made me think about all the people who, who picked up uh, a Legionnaire's stomach disease. virus. Yeah. Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> and that paid $12,500 a head to do it. If you're going to pay twelve five, I'll fake it for you. Uh, I was laughing. There's uh, this is I, I read everything I can before the season begins in both preparation for this show but also other stuff. And uh, I recently uh, was reading through uh, road advantages. Visiting teams have gone 12-2 and two against the spread in the last 14 meetings of Virginia Tech-Georgia Tech. And I thought, when I read that, I went, man, Jeff, you're looking up the road series Virginia Tech-Georgia Tech. <laughs> I didn't think, boy, that's amazing, 12-2. and two. I, Instead, it I at least... Im- Conscious enough, self-aware enough to know, well, why did you look that up? Why did, why did you want to know that? But that is a number. That is something. It's nice that Virginia Tech can play them every year, but we can't. I'll give you another one, buddy. Pitt is on an 11-2 run against the spread against Virginia Tech. Is that right? Pitt is. I was just kicking around a lot of ACC stuff. Tom. So 11-2, and two, that doesn't matter who the coach is. Doesn't matter. 11 and 2 against the number against Virginia Tech. They have been on a roll. That's interesting though. 11 and 2, that would date back to the Big East days. Cuz Pitt joined in 2013. Yeah, yeah. So that that the beginning of that note is fairly dated. They're getting on. They're yeah, getting, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting it on. They're having a lot of success. Um Obviously, I was looking up Georgia information because of that game against Clemson, which I cannot That's wait. That's going to be a good one. Well, That's the correct primetime game, right? The Alabama-Miami game is a tune-up. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, listen, well, there's, in the spread says that 3.5 compared to 19.5. But, but, but here, yeah. here's what I'll tell you. When you dive into that, now we all know Clemson has arguably the best defensive line in the country. And Georgia has one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country. So just for pure football, you know, football purists, I should say, I mean, there you go. Let's go strength on strength and get it on. My offensive line versus your badass defensive line. And this is big boy football. We're not talking about the Mac. This is These are two manly teams with a chance to win a national title, right? That's, I mean, this is, this is, I'm talking about in the trenches, monsters across the board. So, right off the bat, that's a bloodbath. Because you know that George is going to want to try to run the ball against Clemson, partly because George is not as dynamic at wide receiver as some of the other best teams in the country. Like, if you're talking about top ten teams, George's receiving core is good, not great, not elite. JT Daniels, we kind of wonder about. Like, all right, JT, 
You got a line in front of you, and you got an elite defense. Don't screw this up. Second half of last season looked uh, pretty good, though. Agreed. So if he's right and he's comfortable and they're able to run the ball at all, that preseason pick I had of Georgia at plus 800 to win a national title is a good pick. Now, that said, again, Clemson, on the other hand, uh, if you if you want to think about a weakness, Clemson's offensive line, not elite, not even elite in the ACC. It's an average offensive line. When you make a change at quarterback and you have an average offensive line and you're replacing the likes of Travis Etienne in the backfield, could be problematic. Now, they've recruited exceptionally well, so I'm sure in line are some really good football players, and you return one of the best three or four receivers in the country. So does does Clemson decide to do what Florida did and some others did against Georgia, which is just throw it? It's a more efficient way of moving the football. Do you trust your new quarterback? Is DJ trustable in that way to throw the football against a secondary at Georgia that'll give it up? Well, DJ went to the dump of a town in South Bend and lit it up, so I'm sure he's ready for this stage considering it's a neutral site game. Yes, it's a neutral site game in Charlotte, but I'm saying, I mean, I think Georgia's a different animal than Notre Dame. Um, sure, but, uh, you know, going through yes. the, the emotions. And oh, yeah, yeah, dealing with that. No, He's I'm been not, there. He's I'm done that. I'm not worried that he's nervous. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm saying, are they? can they protect him? Because Georgia up front is going to wreak havoc. The point of all of this is, damn it, what a good game that is. Right out the gates. I'm almost, part of me as a fan is just so excited that we get that game right out the gate. But another part of me is kind of like, oh, man, I'd almost rather see this week three and four where they've really they're lubed up and ready to go as opposed to this, you know. That's all right. We all will be for this game. <laughs> it's called Libations Fest. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Good to be with you. On a Balls McWednesday, another day closer, Florida State with a good practice, according to Mike Norvell, again uh, today as uh, they get back after it, full pads, and uh, a group that uh, I think, you know, now install is happening, we're, we're rolling right along here now, I just, every day that goes by, knock on wood, we're not dealing with any injury, we were asked this before, mentioned it earlier, they've, uh, they've been healthy. That's the first step because they're a little thin. I think, too, by the way, that um, <laughs> at this point, it would be surprising to me. It would be surprising to me if uh, if Jordan Travis doesn't get significant playing time in this game. I don't know who's starting. I don't know who the one is. Whatever. Just the more that practice has gone on, it just feels like Jordan's going to get a lot of time in this game some way or another. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that's, you know, the baseline was both are going to play, and then from there it's what percent, right? That's yeah, the that's, actual that's what debate. I mean. That's that's, all, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, I would I, agree with you. Judging by what we've seen and what we can talk about and what we can uh, maybe throw a indu- uh, football innuendo out there for, Jordan has been good. He's been good. Much better than last year. Uh, much more sound in different facets of his game. But he's another one. It's, it's like the question you're asking about the team's mental makeup. If you get hit in the mouth, what do you do? Well, that's a question for Jordan as well. Well, listen, there's a difference between being tough enough and being injured. I'm not talking about fragility. I'm talking about because this is a new challenge. Let's say he gets more snaps like you're talking about playing traditional quarterback. He has two or three bad series. 
Does Mike stick with him? The and biggest, does Jordan stay the course? Yeah, the biggest – well, you want to talk about it. We did bring this up yesterday, but it's worth noting again here today. I, fans always love the backup, but when the backup is potentially a guy who <laughs> – you know, threw for over 4,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. Yeah, you're going to want to see him. Uh, also, it works both ways. I really feel like if for some reason Mackenzie Milton is struggling, the fans are going to be like, all right, time to get Jordan in there. I mean, nobody's going to have a lot of patience. The problem is both these gentlemen, or for that matter, Chubba Purdy, if he's in there, all of them are operating behind an offensive line that last year, according to the numbers and my eyes, could not block in obvious past situations. Couldn't do it. And even though Jordan is elusive and electrifying with the ball in his hand, again, to play quarterback efficiently, to throw in rhythm, to be able to pass the football effectively, even when you know, when the other team knows you have to throw it, you got to be able to block it up. So let's see. I mean, we can clamor, fans can clamor for whomever they want. If you're not getting good pass protection in obvious passing downs, then you don't have a chance to sustain drives and you don't have a chance to put together, you know, week in, week out, solid performances at the quarterback position. Well, we got this question overnight on Twitter. It was uh, referring to Mackenzie Milton's performance against Auburn, I believe it was. Yeah, in the and he started game. three of 17. Right. Would Mike allow Mackenzie to go three of 17? And I, that's that lends itself to a greater question. I would is need this, to look at the kind of three of 17, sure. That's, yeah. that's true. But then also, is this a hot hand offense? You know, how are you going to manage these two guys? Is this you sink or swim with somebody or you ride the hot hand within a game? Is that consistently going to be what it is week to week? I think that's the more apt question than who's going to be named the starter for Notre Dame. This is going to be a fluid process in my mind for more than just the first game of the season. My question is, McKenzie has a pick and a three and out. Fans aren't happy. Is Jordan Travis going to start the next drive? What would that signal to the team and to the offense if you make the switch in that moment? Can you go back on that? Like, all of those dynamics about struggling and how you handle those things I think is going to be really critical, more so than naming the starter for the first snap of the Notre Dame game. Well, Mike would know certainly way more than we do about how it is these guys handle discipline, how they handle rejection, how they handle a decision like that. How would that be perceived? He knows his team, but he knows more importantly that room. You know, when when you talk about game planning and you talk about being upfront and honest and challenging your players and getting people to buy in. What is it we've said and we've really uh, regaled them with stories of, and meaning the audience, that Mike, one of the reasons he's having success and his staff is having success in recruiting right now at an elite level despite winning three games a year ago and despite the fact that Florida State hasn't been good in four years, five years, is because he didn't sugarcoat anything. He told them, hey, you know, yeah, we, you could make us a better football team. I wouldn't be talking to you otherwise. But understand that if you come here and you commit to us, I, I'm going to be hard on you. I, I mean, you're, you're going to have, have to be part of this. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. But basically what we've learned is that he doesn't sugarcoat this. He doesn't tell these kids, you're going to start instantly and we're going to win 10 games. He doesn't do that. It's more about, this is what I'm challenging you to do. I promise you if you do this, you'll become a better man and a better football player. It's going to happen. And, and kids have taken to that. They, they, they like that it hasn't been all pie in the sky. So why do I bring that up? Well, i got to imagine when you go into practice and you say to these two quarterbacks, where you bring two quarterbacks to the ACC kickoff. So you, by almost by definition, you're saying this is a quarterback battle. I don't know who's going to win it, so I'm bringing you both. Okay? 
that you have had to be very, very honest. You would have had to have been very, very honest from the get-go with them about your intentions. I'm sure Mike's had the conversation with both these guys. Like, listen, you can't get all out of sorts if I decide to make a move to the other guy, either one of you. Uh, you guys have been in a, in a quarterback battle. Uh, you both have done some really good things. There have been days where you guys have done some bad things, and we've had to, to work on that and improve those areas. Um, but I, I, I've got to be free to take you in and out of the lineup without worrying about whether or not your, your sensibilities are shaken, whether or not you can handle that emotionally, whether or not you can handle that. Um, and do you have the maturity to handle that? Okay, but then there's also the fan element and the media element. Do we just need to concede to the fact before we head into the season? We're trying to walk into the season eyes wide open. Should we be fully expecting as media and fans that this is going to be a shuffle? All things considered, if they're healthy enough, that there could be a constant shuffling process between these two guys. Because the old saying comes back up at this point, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Is that where we're going? Or should we expect that because their skill sets are so different, this is how we have to function and get by this year? Yeah, man, I don't think it's a, an ideal situation. I think the quarterback room is in a better place than it was a year ago. I mean, I think both these guys have a chance to be better than, say, James Blackman was. So, you know, that's the route that I would look yeah, at. The I baseline mean, I, is yeah. better, sure. Yeah. No, I don't think it's an ideal situation. You'd love for somebody to, to overwhelmingly win the job. You'd love for somebody that you're like, okay, that's the guy. It's not close. Really, no reason to look anywhere else. That's my guy. But I don't think we're in that situation. I think Mackenzie Milton does certain things better than Jordan Travis, throwing the ball from the pocket with accuracy and obvious passing downs. I think it's probably one of them. Um, and then certainly we know Jordan Travis does something better than most any quarterback in the country in terms of what with his legs. Now, he's improved immensely as a passer, so it could very well be that if that's the case, he's the guy that will get the bulk of the reps. Because if he's that much better as a passer and he already has that explosiveness and elusiveness with his legs, then it would be a no-brainer at that point. But we'll see. We haven't seen a game. We've seen him throw better in practice. But have we seen – I'm talking about Jordan Travis is right, throwing right. the ball better than Jordan Travis yeah, threw the ball a year ago. It's third and nine, right. What yeah, do you see? Well, what you know, do we do? What happens? Yeah. Can you make that throw? Tight window throws. Meanwhile, McKenzie's two big cases to be the starter right now would be spring game performance. And career. And career. Not necessarily day-to-day -day consistency in practice. Well, it certainly can't be day-to-day uh, -day consistency in practice because he's, you know, because we they've had to do load management. That's right, the D-load. we got to get the probables. We'll do it momentarily. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. I think we should name that something else. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And as we wrap it up, before we get to Probables, and we will momentarily, a little sample for you, Tom. Uh, kind of cracked me up. Here we go. This is for all the big games and the picks. This is a teaser pleaser? Yeah, it's just kind of funny. I, okay, look, there's everybody from uh, the various websites that cover sports, obviously. I mean, this is kind of like Pete Futek and others go through – I'm not going to go name by name, but it's, you know, you've got uh, basically website guys everywhere, right? So here, you, Gil Alexander's also on here from, from uh, VSIN and, and Lee Sterling, Radio. Paramount Sports. He's not on there. Oh, come on. Question the legitimacy of this list. All right, here you go. Notre Dame at Florida State. I, th this is the only reason I did this. 7.30 ABC line, Notre Dame minus 8, over under 56. This uh, from CFN. Ready? Again, not going through every name, but a lot of guys on here. Here we go. There, these are their picks, okay? Under, 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 under. No, no, you ready? Okay, here are the yeah. picks. 
Notre Dame, 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 Florida State, Notre Dame, 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 Notre Dame. I'm actually impressed that you were able to rattle that off quite by the way. That was just enunciated with greatness. It almost sounded like the Bonanza theme. Almost. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Almost. That's that's crazy. That's so wow. Okay, they weren't weighing on the total though. No, they just weighed in. Feels like the game's going to be in the 40s. Who's going to cover that eight? That's what they weighed in on. Time for probables. Cue it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Day games underway already. Tigers, Cardinals, Tariq Skubal going for the Tigers. Cardinals throw John Lester. It's 2-1 to one cards in the fifth. Kansas City and Houston. Mike Miner, Lance McCullers Jr. That game's scoreless in the third. Colorado and Chicago tied at one. Austin Gomber, Zach Davies. On to tonight's action. Rockies, Cubs. Ramon Marquez, Justin Steele. Angels, Orioles. Shohei Atani. He of the 8 and 1, 279 ERA, 120 strikeout Otani family. Oh, and 40 plus home runs. This is for 20 in a row for the Orioles, right? Poor Orioles are. 20 L's? They have 38 wins. 38. They have 38 wins. Ooh. Chris Ellis is going to throw for them next uh, amongst the sacrificial lambs. Chris Ellis, everybody. D backs, Pirates. These are two terrible teams, both better than the Orioles, but not by much. Tyler Gilbert going for the D-backs. The Buccos are like, ah, we don't know. We just don't know. Rays, Phillies, Ryan Yarbrough, Zach Wheeler. White Sox, Blue Jays, Lucas Giolito, Robbie Ray! Hey! Boy, the Giants pasted the Mets. Is that 9 to nothing? Uh, it's game 11 to 13. This thing doesn't end, man. I think we're now 2 and 10. Two and nine. You're 61 and 64. Oh, yeah. Johnny Cueto going for the Giants. The uh, Mets will throw Tuan Walker. Deserves a better fate. He's uh, sub 500 with a 386. Well, guys just don't score runs. That's correct. But he was in the twos at the All Star break. He's been. Yeah. Listen, the pitching got us to the place where it needed to. Yeah. And then the cavalry never came. No. Rangers, Indians, Jack Latz, Zach Plezak, Twins, Red Sox, Bailey Omber. Could be over. Well played by me. Nick Pavetta goes for the Red Sox. Nats, Marlins, Josiah Gray. Also conducting your local sermon this Sunday. There it is. Edward Cabrera goes for the Marlins. Reds, Brewers, Luis Castillo, and Brandon Woodruff. Boy, the Padres are going to fool around and not make the playoffs. That's a good series with the Reds and the Brewers, yeah. I keep on saying that the Pods need to beat the Dodgers in the wild card, but Cincinnati is yeah, Cincinnati's gonna get in doing there. some things. Walker Bueller. Trapper Keeper. Cy Young Award winner. Blake Snell going for the Padres, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> 
You left me out in the lurch. Sad news. That's the second time you've done that. You've, you've you know, yeah. segued right at the end. I don't right. know. Do I just need to hit the woo button after that? If we, if yeah, we hit if the... we nail it just like that, woo! it's really impressive. All right, that's what I'll do. Texas A&M naming their starting quarterback today. Haynes King. Got a good name for it. According to Jimbo Fisher. Where's Haynes? My man Haynes is the guy. He is a dual-thread quarterback in the 2020 class, edged out sophomore Zach Calzada. Neither quarterback has had much game experience. Uh, the good news for Texas A&M is oh, Calzone? that is a favorable schedule in addition to the fact that they will have an elite defense there. And then uh, while we're on the subject of football news, sadly, hated to see this story. New York Jets defensive end Vinnie Curry diagnosed last month with a rare blood disorder Required the removal of his spleen, by the way. That triggered complications, and today he announced he will not be able to play football this season. That stinks. That's tough, man. That wow. Really tough. Hope he gets better. Yeah, obviously. That's uh, that's terrible news. Uh, but it is news nonetheless. And So uh, ETN's out for the year as oh, yeah. well? Is that a big deal? He was only a third down back. Isn't that what Urban said? That's what Urban said, but, yeah, I think it's kind of a big deal. He... Um, Obviously, an explosive player. So I, uh, I, I kind of listen. That's awful. First year in the league. You hate that for those guys. Uh, good work out of you, sir. Good work to you, Matthew, as well. Way to overcome being under the weather with a sniffles, Tom. The nose cleared up a little bit yeah. towards the end. Uh, it's just a shot in the arm to do this show each and every day. You guys be well. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Mm-hmm.